Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, January 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The FT reports that Lebanon pushed for Carlos Ghosn's return one week before he escaped Japan. And Google Health has created a system that can spot breast cancer more accurately than radiologists. Plus, we'll take a look at what's behind the profound changes Japan's labor market is experiencing. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Earlier this week, former Nissan chairman Carlos Ghosn managed to dodge round-the-clock surveillance by Tokyo prosecutors and left Japan for Beirut. It turns out he had been planning this for months. And according to new FT reporting, Lebanon had requested Mr. Ghosn's return one week before his well-coordinated escape. The FT's Leo Lewis has more. The escape was was timed superbly, really, because uh, it coincided with a, a very significant sort of annual shutdown that Japan undergoes around New Year, which it's still under. And in that kind of void of information, it's pretty natural, really, that the speculation has landed on the idea that this was a very complicated operation, that Carlos Ghosn will have needed a good deal of assistance in some way. And some have speculated, of course, that he may have had the assistance in some direct or indirect way of foreign government, possibly the Lebanese government. Uh, and then we sort of landed on the fact that there had been a visit to Beirut uh, on December the 20th by the Japanese State Minister of Foreign Affairs. He'd met a number of very, very senior Lebanese politicians during that visit. And although the formal meetings didn't include discussion of Mr. Ghosn, it seems that on the sort of sidelines after those meetings, the Lebanese had reiterated a previous request to bring Carlos Ghosn back from Japan to face trial in Lebanon. And that uh, what happened after that, we don't know, but they reiterated this request just before, as it turns out, Carlos Ghosn made his escape. Now, we, we, we have no particular reason at this point to be certain the two were in any way connected, but the coincidence does clearly show that Lebanon has been a very solid supporter of Mr. Ghosn during this year since he was arrested in, in Japan in, in late 2018. So, Leo, what, what can we expect next? Well, uh, there will, of course, be a pretty big inquest into how this can have happened. But at the same time, there will also be efforts to get Carlos going back to Japan. That Diplomatically, we're, we're beginning to hear the stirrings of, of Japan um, working out exactly what approach it's going to take. This is not a country that likes to be shown up in this way. It's deeply embarrassing. And, you know, this was very much the highest profile criminal case that it has been trying for many years. And so, you know, for all those reasons, Japan is, is going to have to react. And I suspect we're going to see something pretty strong from the, from the very highest levels of Japanese government in response to this. And Google Health seems to have beat doctors when it comes to detecting breast cancer. The American Cancer Society says that mammograms usually fail to detect about one in five breast cancers. On the other hand, more than half of all women are wrongly told they have cancer. This is where Google comes in. It developed a system that identifies cancer more accurately than radiologists. Alphabet's Deep Mind unit, Google Health, as well as U.S. and U.K. universities found that the AI model had fewer instances where women were wrongly told they have cancer. And there were fewer instances of false negatives. That's when the disease is present but not detected. These findings were published in the scientific journal Nature. It's the latest indication that AI might be able to improve a doctor's ability to detect diseases earlier. 
Google has already created the Lymph Node Assistant. It's 99% accurate at detecting late-stage breast cancer cells that have spread around the body. And DeepMind is gearing up for the commercial launch of a device that can diagnose complex eye disease as accurately as specialists. And here's a story you should know more about. The Japanese workplace has long been known to have a culture marked by extreme employee dedication and workers making personal sacrifices for their bosses. And for the most part, employees were compensated for their loyalty with things such as lifetime employment. But Japan became a really tough place to be a worker after the stock market bubble burst in 1990. Companies really started breaking their promises to employees, or at least they greatly reduced the number of employees who could enjoy that kind of lifetime employment. That's the FT's Tokyo bureau chief, Robin Harding. He's been reporting on the changing conditions for Japanese workers, including the rise of part-time and contract work. So for the 90s, for 2000s, Japanese labor market for about half the employee population was marked by insecurity, low pay, bad conditions, and sort of really lack of any power vis-a-vis your employer. But the, the culture is of such extreme dedication to your employer and often can be bullying management that puts pressure on people and leads to people working just insanely unhealthy numbers of hours, 100 plus hours a week. And then there's the word kaloshi, which basically means death by overwork. And even today, the health ministry reckons there are about 200 cases of that in Japan every year. And it, you know, it can manifest itself as heart attacks through stress or suicide, feelings of pressure from work. But now Japan's labor market is going through another period of profound change. Wages are going up for part-time work, although not so much for full-time employees. And there's much more debate about workplace culture, both the the long hours culture, what's called power harassment in Japan, and would basically be called bullying, I think, in English. So lots of things are starting to change. And the factor that really is behind all of that is, A, Japan's aging population, which means a shrinking number of people available to do the work, and B, the stronger economy over the last five years under Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. And the combination of those two things means the unemployment rate is really, really low. It's it's two and a little bit percent. But even more than that, companies can see that in the future, there's going to be fewer and fewer staff. So they've changed from this mode of, we need to maximize the flexibility of our workforce and get the most out of them for the least money, to a sort of mode where the pressure is we have to secure our staff, because if we don't, it's going to be really hard to find other people, and our business will fall apart. So the underlying balance of power between employers and employees has changed over the last five years. And we've actually seen that in the form of public protest. Can you talk a little bit about the Kutu moment? So Kutu is a Japanese pun on the words for shoes and pain combined with me too. So it's a triple pun. But what it actually refers to is a case early in 2019 when a woman called Yumi Ishikawa went on Twitter to complain about her employer's dress code 
which forced her to wear high heels, which caused her pain. And she said, why do I have to wear high heels when male employees don't? That was just someone moaning on Twitter. But what was amazing was how it took off and you know got retweeted tens of thousands of times. And she turned this into a campaign against gender dress codes in Japan, which has really become quite a big thing. We're also seeing more employees unionize. Robin, can you talk a little bit about that? Unionization is still, Japan's unions used to be very powerful. And then like in many countries, they went into a very long decline. They're still weak, but there are some signs of a change. And in particular, there's some really interesting signs of part-time workers unionizing or being taken into the union at their company. So, for example, there's a company called Oriental Land, which runs Tokyo Disneyland. They have a couple of thousand regular employees, but the union has now expanded to take in all of the sort of part-time workers who actually man the theme parks. So the union's expanded to tens of thousands of people. Employers, employees, I should say, are recognizing that they do have some power with their employer now, and they're using it to try and improve their conditions. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.